Okay. Welcome to Political B-Sides, the show where we explore the alternate scenarios in American history. I'm Nick Konopka. And I'm Carlo Andreasi. And today, we are going to review a movie we recently watched, a yes. documentary about a fateful man, mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Pete Buttigieg. Hello. <laughs> yes, we are going to be discussing what if Pete Buttigieg won the Democratic primary. Now, first of all, let's discuss kind of the optics around this scenario. Do you think that there was ever a chance for him to win, or do you think his position was startup candidate who really only had a shot at winning some of the first few states, getting some delegates? I uh, mean, in the he was always he always had aspirations outside of Indiana because he's a Democrat in Indiana. There isn't very far you can go. Mm-hmm. He ran for like treasurer of Indiana. He lost. He ran for like DNC chair. Like he just needed any way to get out. So he was like, I'll run for president to like, you right. know, but I think he had the right idea because I think his campaign like just focused on Iowa like pretty much. Oh yeah, he put most of his campaign work into Iowa, which kind of makes me think he didn't really expect to win all that much. Mm-mm. I mean, any candidate other than Biden, Sanders, maybe Warren, probably couldn't expect to get very far. Yeah, uh, I think that was a good strategy on Buttigieg's part to hone in on Iowa to see if he could get like a initial momentum, mm-hmm. which is also why I think. Listen, we saw the documentary. Yes. He he did call his victory early. They're like discussing behind the scenes, uh, we're going to win Iowa? Uh, but it was yeah. after he gave the speech, hello, America, <laughs> Iowa, we won. No, it's, it's Amer- or Iowa, you have shocked the nation. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> review the film. Let's review the film first, and then yes. we'll get into the history of it. Yes, so, so Mayor Pete. Fascinating guy. Yeah. For the sole fact that there's not really much fascinating about him. Yeah. <laughs> what you see is kind of what you get. I mean, like, yeah. a, a big focus of the thing was, like, everyone's like, he has no emotion. And, like, that's just how he is. Even his husband, Chaston, is like, yeah, I just, uh, it's taken a while to work on it. And that's something I'm really proud of him that, like, he's been able to show some emotion in our relationship. And that's one thing I always believe, like, okay, this guy's a phony. No one knows what this guy's like behind the curtains. I don't even know if this guy exists behind the curtains. Like, he's, like, manufactured to be on the debate stage. But now I kind of like, okay, maybe that really is just how he is. Because when you think about it, I mean, why would you hide that side of you to play politics? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, there was there's some unintentionally funny moments in this film. Like, oh, absolutely. They're doing debate prep, and, like, of course, like, they're not, like... I mean, obviously, like, they reached out to, like, you know, citizens, and they did, like, you know, he did a, his stump speeches and everything but like they had a whole debate stage Mm -hmm. set up with like podiums and lighting and and microphones and they (laughs) had people like this is the job that you and i would want in the future oh yeah the 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 people who got to like faux debate pete and Mm -hmm. like you had to go medicare for all yeah (laughs) like it was just a bad bernie impression and then like like you could just tell, like Pete. I mean, Pete Buttigieg. He was Mike Pence for Kamala Harris during yeah. her debate prep. But yeah, like that sounds like the dream political job. You're just sitting mm-hmm. on a campaign and you just get to go up on stage and be like, "Now listen, 
uh, Mr. Biden, Mr. Robin F. Biden. I mean, I'm sure Joe Biden got Broadway actors oh, to yeah. be on his stage. <laughs> uh, he was like, uh, Joe Biden? He probably got the real Mayor Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would love to help out with your campaign, Mr. Biden. <laughs> Huge fan. Huge fan. Thank you. But um, there was a part during this debate prep where there were like, like his... Um, communications director was like pete you need to show emotion here Mm -hmm. like connect like you just went off a laundry list of like how you served during don't ask don't tell but tell me how you felt about that and then it's literally like a 10 second it felt like a minute pause of pete just like sitting at the podium just looking so devastated like just thinking like Like, he's having an existential crisis he cannot dig into the depths (laughs) of him and honestly i can relate to pete Buttigieg, as some put it in the film like that (laughs) Like because you know I you know I I connect with P- Pete Buttigieg in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm an emotionless um, mayor from South Bend, <laughs> Indiana. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I, I, I did not know. I, when when did you take upon this duty? Well, he appointed me to the to the seat after uh, he became transportation secretary. Uh, so um, you have connections with him. Yeah, I do. I, you I, have connections with any of his connections because Pete Buttigieg had a lot of connections. Um. You know that wasn't shown in the film, and this I I'd, I'd like to not. think of this as a, an accurate filmic documentary that showed every side of the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't show the wine cave. They did not. Um, well, they did show, to their credit, they did show Elizabeth Warren talking about that is the true. Wine caves. It wasn't totally like biased towards Pete. Like it showed what? Yeah, it showed like how they talked about his like donors and stuff. Yeah. So. The way I see it, my moral ascription, and when I go to the polls to vote for somebody, what's on my mind first and foremost is, okay, where are you getting your money and how does that align with your policies? When I saw that Mayor Pete used to be like pro-Medicare for all and then switched to a public option because he all of a sudden started taking all these donations from the pharmaceutical industry and plus... He got most billionaires to donate to his campaign yeah. out of any Democratic candidate. So you got to start somewhere. He, that, that, listen, I'm not that, saying it's a good thing, but... That could be Pete being an opportunist. Yeah. That could be Pete like genuinely thinking there's nothing wrong with this. That could also be, yeah, he's a sellout. He used to believe these set of values, and now he completely switched to being, I'm the moderate candidate. I mean, I think we said, like, it's it was a long shot, so I'm sure he, like, did the most electable thing possible just in the right. hopes that he could, just in the high hopes that he the could high, become... The highest of high High, hopes. high hopes. Um, For a living. Yes. Yeah. So he could make a living as a cabinet secretary. It's the highest, only highest of high hopes. For America, it's a sequel. I'm actually working on it with the discos themselves. The, <laughs> the discos. <laughs> uh, Pete Buttigieg, this isn't related to the documentary, but he watches Rick and Morty. Yes, uh, he I does. uncovered some footage. <laughs> um, Rick and Morty's just always there for me. And also, according to the document, the documentary showed a great segment of a Christian protester outside <laughs> the debate that called him Pete Buttigieg. Pete uh, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. And I... Uh, held a sign up saying, remember Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, and he was saying that, like, teachers in school are telling their kids to be like Pete Buttigieg, and if they, like, explore their sexuality, they'll be good little citizens. <laughs> like, I don't think any civics teacher yes. told their kids anything about Pete Buttigieg uh, in their <laughs> class, except for, like, yeah, he's he's a candidate. Oh, hey, uh, this is a Democratic mayor from South Bend, Indiana. They probably mentioned nothing about his sexuality to children if he ever is brought up in an elementary school. But yeah. the moment he is, 
that's the narrative mm-hmm. because literally anything that can be misconstrued in a classroom will have like some Laura Ingram segment on it. Uh, what else? What else did they say? Oh yeah, the, uh, the, the whipping, the whipping scene, the whipping scene. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a very <laughs> intimate scene in the Pete Buttigieg documentary where Pete Buttigieg whips Jesus H Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every vote for Pete Buttigieg is a whip to the back of Christ. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Sorry. Every vote for Pete Buttigieg. In that <laughs> sentence, he was saying it. He was like, "Every b- vote for Pete Buttigieg." Bootledge, yeah. like I don't know if he was doing it intentionally or he just he messed up on. Have. Okay, <laughs> does bootledge mean like butt play or something? <laughs> like I don't know. Um. Anyway, oh, and of course, another notable moment in the documentary to his uh. <laughs> uh. So, when I go up there on stage, did I rock America, or did I shock America? Like this is what he's thinking about. First off, he doesn't even know really that he won Iowa yet because like Carlos said earlier, like 10 minutes later into the film, they're like, Pete, it looks like you won Iowa. And he's already in New Hampshire. And he's like, wow, look at that. Look at that. And he already made a speech where he was like, Mm. we have won Iowa. And I think the best part of him saying, should we rock America or are we, did we rock America or (laughs) shock America is that directly before that scene, it's him and Chaston in the hotel room, <laughs> and like they're watching like Bernie Sanders talk and be like, "The results are coming in," and then Joe Biden being like, "We're coming in." You know, they're just saying like, you know, because in Iowa the results took a while to come in. Hey Pete, uh, so how come Jill is next to Biden? Uh, Sanders has his wife next to him. What gives? Well, you'll be you'll be in the back. <laughs> I, I, look, no, you see, look, they're in the they're in the back. Sometimes it's you'll be in the back. Like, he, he just was like, I will not, like, this is my big moment. Like, I planned my entire campaign around winning Iowa. If I if, if America sees that I have a husband next to me, that's going to wreck my chances. That's probably, like, the mental calculus that's going on yeah. in his head. He seems like he, he has a very calculative brain. Like, everything to him is, okay, it has to be perfect. It, not a single word can be out of place. And mm-hmm. you know what? As much as I don't like him as a politician, I'll give this to him. It made me like relate to him as a human more. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I could I could see myself being Pete Buttigieg now. Yeah, I and genuinely like, can. And I, when you run a p- presidential campaign, like that's kind of how you have to be, I feel yeah. like. I mean, even Sanders like has to make calculations. It's just to me, it's the authenticity and it's the policies that you openly advocate for. Yeah. So, but those two dichotomies are different. We're talking more about the person, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. And in the context of our podcast, Mayor Pete wins. Mayor Pete wins. He he just crushes. He wins every state. Like, okay, Bernie wins Nevada, but after Iowa, everyone just is in such awe of Mayor Pete. Like, let's say in this timeline, like, Mayor Pete, like, has a decisive victory in Iowa. Yeah. Instead of, like, ooh, did Bernie win? Did Buttigieg win? Is Buttigieg just taking credit for it? Like, no. Buttigieg just sweeps Iowa. Mm-hmm. Or even if it, like, even if it wasn't close, it, or it was a little, even if the results just came out that night, Pete Buttigieg wins Iowa. He's over all the papers. Brendan Urie shows up to the Iowa caucus to perform High Hopes <laughs> Lo- with Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, he does the dance. And everyone is just so inspired. America just immediately flips to Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. The Democratic Party is now the party of Pete Buttigieg, just like Trump. Yeah. has the Republican Party in a stranglehold. Pete Buttigieg in this timeline has the Democratic Party back. And for those who are confused why we keep mentioning high hopes, uh, <laughs> if you Google Pete Buttigieg high hopes, uh, early in his campaign, 
a way to like excite people. They made a dance to the song High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, where it's pretty much just involves like raising the roof in like all four corners of a of a square around your body. It's just very bad and just very like cringy, and it's. But in, like, the best possible way. Like, imagine that man's president, like, four months ago. Like, he's talking to, like, Putin. And then, like, a year earlier, he was, like, doing High Hopes dance in, in Des Moines. Like, Why wouldn't he be doing the High Hopes dance with Putin? I, I would assume that the first time Pete meets Putin... Mm. Uh, well, um, I'm not really a good conversationalist, but uh, I do know a little dance, if you... What, Mr. Boot, boot Edge Edge? Are you familiar with the... Uh, Panic at the Disco. We uh, have Goat at the Disco, the Russian version. Oh, no, the uh, uh, the band. The, uh, well, I think, I think I it's just one I banned Panic but... at the Disco. Well, me, me and my campaign, we, we panic at the, at the disco all the You're time. You're putting we... a military campaign into my country? <laughs> well, the last president's before we did that, sir. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, more about the dance. Uh, yes. Uh, you see, Brendan Urie... Uh, Really nice voice. Is this your Secretary of State? Oh, well, I asked him, but he, he said he had some business to take care of. Apparently, one of his bandmates got in a scandal or something. So, Oh. And, and then he just breaks out. <laughs> He's just pumping the air. Like, you just hear, like, like just, like, the vague wafts of air. And, like, and he's just... <laughs> you got it, Putin. That's precisely what we do here and, in america and that's how they make peace but let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> world peace pete Buttigieg, brendan yuri high hopes biden drops out i don't know i don't know how somehow Buttigieg just gets like all of the african-american vote in south carolina like i don't yeah. know how that would be possible <laughs> that that's kind of the next hurdle we have to jump through like um, he had like i don't know what his support was but it was like very low like, we can just pretend that everyone just is just in awe by his yeah. skills. I mean, that kind of has to be the case, right? Yeah. I, Iowa gives him the push that he wanted from Iowa. Yeah. So then everyone gets behind Pete Buttigieg. Uh, they all campaign for him in Texas. The, no, this is where, like, you know, how, like the night before the Super Tuesday, you had Amy Klobuchar drop out, you had Pete Buttigieg drop out. This is what happens. <laughs> Bernie drops out. Oh. Biden drops out. No, okay, well, we'll keep Bernie in the race. Yeah, it would probably be a primary between. Because at the end of the day, all the campaigns that weren't the Sanders campaign, minus a couple, obviously, but most of the candidates up there were just there to be attack dogs for Biden in a way interesting because it was essentially bernie and a bunch of moderate candidates sprinkle in uh like andrew yang if you want to consider him elizabeth warren elizabeth warren too yeah sorry uh oh and of course marion williamson marion williamson i i i watched that debate last night as i was not doing my homework and she was like i will who was she talking to she's like my first call as president i'm gonna call the the uh president of new zealand and say and she said that new zealand is the best place for a kid to grow up and i'll say girl you are so on whatever the whatever the hell that means she, i don't know if she said girl you are so wrong but she's like girl you're so on because america will be the best place for a kid to for uh, the best place for a kid to grow up you know you know what i remember her saying mr trump love wins over hate <laughs> and i will meet you on the battlefield of love and hate and let me tell you Mr. President Trump, love will win. That's like she, I think she was just trying to be like anti-Trump, 
like where Trump's like, I hate immigrants. She'll be like, I love immigrants. And that'll like get everyone riled up for some reason. She, like, I mean, she was just an author. She was, I think she was trying to play the Trump game. Yeah. Like on the Democratic side. She and was. It just did not work. No. She thought she was going to make a big splash. Like, okay, this is my moment. I am going to be reverse Trump. This is going to be like a cartoon. Yeah. It, it just, it, it fell flat. It was horrid. And we ended up with Pete Buttigieg, Pete apparently. Pete Buttigieg as the nominee. Well, I think first we should go over the debate between Mr. Senator Bernard Sanders and Pete Buttigieg before Bernard Sanders gets clobbered at the COVID. Uh, Mr. <laughs> that was supposed to be Chris. I'm Chris Wallace. Uh, Bernie Sanders, I'm moderating the the presidential Democratic debate between Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, Buttigieg sorry, of South Bend, Indiana, and Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont. Now, um, on the question of this COVID-19 crisis that is beginning to rage, what is your, your progressive plans, or your respective plans, sorry, to deal with this pandemic? Well, first things first. I know you cannot trust Mr. Mayor Pete because of all of the money he has taken from the pharmaceutical industry, from his discussions with those fine gentlemen in the wine caves. And let me tell you, Mr. Buttigieg, my plan is expansive, less expensive, and will provide quality health care to all Americans by your own admission. Your health care plan is to be co-opted with the private Insurance industry. Precisely. You see, and how do you expect oh. for that influence to not bleed into the pockets of the American people during a damn pandemic? Listen, Bernie. <laughs> I have, you know, I respect you. I respect you as a senator, but I'm winning this race, and my ideas are winning. The American people don't want a single-payer option. I, you know, my plan, Medicare for all who want it, it's the same thing as your plan, Medicare for all who want it. So if you want to stay on your private insurance, you can come over, come over to the public insurance. You know, there's going to be people losing their jobs, losing their jobs this pandemic. And I think that when they lose their job, they're going to lose their health care. They can join my Medicare for all who want it. And then uh, once they realize it's better, they'll all slowly move over away from their private insurance over to my uh, beat plan. And you don't expect the pharmaceutical industry to get in the way of that. You don't. Look, Bernie, I think, you know, I respect your experience, but I think, you know, we need an outsider's perspective on Insulin things. for Americans costs $100. Insulin for Canadians and for so many other people across the world costs 10 to 20. Now, how can I, you explain I'm, that? It's now, because I'm, of the greed and corruption. I'm on the front lines as a mayor. As a mayor, I'm on the front lines. I see it all. You have that Washington experience that we don't need. I have the solutions for the problems. The solution to the problem is to take down big industries. I want a presidency that'll have everyone at the table. I'll have the big industries at the table and I'll tell them, stop it. You'll have the I'll big industries at it. the table and you'll have negotiations and say, maybe, maybe we can include a public option, you know, for the people who can't afford. I agree. That would be a step in the right direction. Thank you. But let you me hear that? Bernie endorse my plan. Oh, everyone, listen. Bernie does not endorse Bernard your plan Sanders. Bernie, 
endorses my plan. Now let me do a little math for you. Of course. Over I the thought Yang left the ca the campaign. <laughs> Over the course of ten years, my plan would cost thirty trillion. Over the course of ten years, your plan would cost up to fifty trillion. My plan, yes, your taxes even go up. Your taxes are going to go up. Hear it first here. Your, your taxes tax are going to go. Your taxes are going right. to go up You're under right. the Bernie if plan. I will not raise citizen, a cent, though, a dime in taxes, a nickel. How do you explain? The pharmaceutical industry with their price hijacking. Now, how do you explain that? How do you explain that you are only adding to the overall cost of insurance? Look, I'd love to implement your plan, but the thing is, our democracy trillion. Our democracy is broken. And once we fix our democracy, that's the issue that affects every other issue. That's my first thing as president. Fix democracy, everything else will follow. Do you know what you can't do to fix democracy, Pete? You can't take money from 40 billionaires, millionaires and billionaires that fund your campaign. We are running two very different campaigns. Pete, you're a good friend of mine. You're a good friend thank of you. mine. No, you heard her here first. You remind me of my grandson. You really do. Oh, well, thank you. You remind me of my dead uncle. I ate him. Thank you, I'm Chris <laughs> Wallace. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and then Pete Buttigieg crosses the stage and eats Bernie Sanders' yes. face. So Bernie Sanders isn't alive now. No, he's dead. Yeah, but we, the Buttigieg campaign had to cover up the fact that, you know. It was an assassination. Yeah. It was a heart attack. Yeah. So, well, how do they explain the mangled face? Uh, closed casket funeral. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So... Pete Buttigieg, who who would a Pete Buttigieg running mate be? Hmm. I think. I think it. Like, who's the most calculated? <laughs> like, he's hmm. such a calculated guy. Who's the most calculated vice presidential pick you could do? I feel like Harris was a pretty good one. I feel like it would. I'm honestly like thinking Harris. I can't really think of Harris. Maybe Klobuchar. I feel like Klobuchar might like. Uh, I'm thinking Klobuchar. I'm thinking Harris because I think Harris is like faux progressive, like that. Like she, like people think she is. Yeah. Like yeah. Klobuchar almost seems more, more, uh, more moderate than even Pete. Yeah. Uh, but I would think that the calculated decision. Yeah, logically, I think Kamala, because basically the same rationale as Biden. Uh, faux progressive. Woman of color, mm -hmm. overall, just a, a safe choice. I don't really see it as a safe choice, being that it was like two months after uh, George Floyd and during basically the biggest civil rights movement of the country's history that we're basically still in. Yeah. And, you know, given Kamala's job, uh, a lot of people, it didn't really sit right with her that she was chosen on the sole basis of her identity. Yeah. And... Her, her history really didn't uh play I mean, a factor I mean it but seems. but at the time the the right was t saying that the democrats were the party of defund the police right so, so they kind of needed to counter that i mean mm -hmm. she was almost like perfect for it cuz she like was a little a little bit more to the left of biden or pete in this scenario but also she was a prosecutor yeah so i say we still get probably a vp kamala okay uh 
Now, the big part is, how does it change uh, for the Trump campaign? Because he, he can't say sleepy, sleepy Pete, you know? Cause yeah. He, he's not really... You could say Stinky Pete, like uh, Stinky Pete, like the prospector from Toy Story. Peter, Peter Paul, Peter Paul Montgomery. Personally, I prefer Peter Paul and Mary Pete the Magic Dragon. I don't know. Yeah, he would probably. I mean, knowing Trump, he would probably say stuff like, "Like I don't know. I uh, look, look, look at the guy. I, I mean, I'm just saying things. You hear people saying that he's." <laughs> Sleeping around, like he'd play into like the gay things. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. I don't know how he would do it. He would do it in some way where he'd be like, "People are saying that people, I, you know, for, like I'm not saying it, but you hear people saying that Pete Buttigieg was at Fire Island, or like, he, like <laughs> he'd be like, he threw the Stonewall bricks." You know, you know. Frankly, I don't, I don't know what he's been into. I, I don't know where he's been. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to make any more comments on that matter, but. I'm, I'm just saying it, it seems a little unsafe to have him as president. You don't know what's going to be going on in the White House. You don't know what your children are going to be exposed to on the TV every day. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, he's like he'd literally be like, like who's like a famous? He'd be like, you're gonna have Ellen DeGeneres as your uh, Secretary of State. Like he he's like he would just play into that. And, and I then, wonder if that would be good or bad for him. Of. I mean, it depends because there's a portion of the country that would definitely play into that rhetoric yeah. and enjoy. I mean, it would be like an obvious Trump subtlety that he's been doing like his entire run as president yeah. and before he was president. Like the way the way he the way he is racist or homophobic because conservatives always like to say, "Well, point to a time where he said something explicitly homophobic. He supports gay marriage. He held up the, the gay flag at his rallies. He did? He did. I want to look up this picture. <laughs> he did. It was a pride flag that said gays for Trump. Oh, okay. But at It the, had his name on it, so. <laughs> but at the, oh, I see it. Yeah. at the end of the day, the racism, the homophobia, comes from the subtleties he uses in his rhetoric for his base. Yeah. It's a coded language. It's it's obviously if you're Trump, you're running for president, you're not going to say anything that's like damningly like a bad PR move. You're gonna say things. You that won't are say shocking. remember Sodom and Gomorrah. You wouldn't say that. Yeah, like he can get away with saying things like, "I protect your suburbs, and I get the majority of support from suburban women." Mm-hmm. The statistic was literally white women. Yeah. And when he says, protect your suburbs, like, people who genuinely are racist know what he means. Yeah. But if you're trying to, like, call him out on it, it's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't mention race. And also the executive orders that uh, ban protections of trans people and all those things. Yeah. Yeah, he's... He would have definitely leaned into some homophobia in his rhetoric. I don't think that would have really changed the outcome of the election because Pete's winning. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, Pete's winning because Trump can't win. There is no, I can't think of a single candidate that wouldn't beat Trump. Michael Bennett. Bernie Sanders. No, don't say it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know who had the worst chance to beat Trump? Michael Bloomberg. I yeah, I think he he could have done worse. Yeah. Michael, he would have just Michael bored Bloomberg's everyone. An unlikable person in general. I think it's likely for anyone to have won just based on the fact that like, 
I mean, because, like, it's so funny how, like, by the time of, like, the campaign or, like, the primary, you'd see, like, people on the left be like, you know, I don't even know if I'll vote for Biden. But, like, the PR campaigns and, like, mm-hmm. the advertising that, like, went up to the election, it was like, this is the biggest election of your lifetime, which, like, yeah. arguably it was. But, like, I would, like, yeah. it, you could convince, like, someone who said, I'm not voting for Biden in May to vote for Biden by November because of just how, like, like the culture kind of swirled around it. Here's the thing. Would it be the most important election of our lifetime if it wasn't Trump? No. Yeah. Because Trump led a reactionary movement unprecedented to this country's history, basically. Yeah. Ever, at least since, like, uh, the first civil rights movement. But I would argue Trump is the most openly fascistic figurehead that mm-hmm. America has had, period. Do you think... Do, how would we think, do you think Pete Buttigieg would, like, be different in Biden in his campaigning? Besides being, like, articulate? Um, he would be, he would be, like, up front. Like, Biden, obviously there was a campaign behind Biden. Obviously Biden did campaign work, but it was a lot more low-key compared to Trump. Yeah. He kind of, the strategy was to just let Trump shoot himself in the foot, and it worked. I think yeah. Biden, or not Biden, I think Pete would have leaned into that a little but he still would have like made himself like present. Yeah. And he probably would have held much bigger rallies than Biden. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Pete would have won probably by a bigger margin than Biden. Probably wouldn't win as many electoral votes. I don't see him winning Georgia, for example. Yeah, or yeah, cuz like I I think like it's it's hard to say like I'm sure like him being like a more energetic figure than Biden would win him a couple more votes. I think it would get him a higher tally for the popular vote, or mm-hmm. at least he would win by higher margins in the states that he won. Yeah, or even that, and you could, it's hard to pin him as, like, yeah, Sleepy Joe, and, yeah. like, and also... Probably, like, Processed Pete or something. Yeah. Like... I'm sure, like, on the margins, like, that would... I'm not sure if, like, the people not voting for him because he's gay, if that would, like, mm-hmm. cancel that out, and then it would have the same, like, Biden margins... Because I think, like, there's, like, a good swath of independent voters that, like, voted for Biden that wouldn't vote for Pete just because he's gay. I think... Because Biden is, like, he's a Catholic man. He goes to church. But also... it's easier to vote for him. I think... If you're, like, really religious. I think the majority of Americans support gay marriage by this point. I think it's well over 80%. Yeah. By this point. I think there are less people that wouldn't vote for Pete because he was gay, then there are people that wouldn't vote for Biden simply because they thought he was, like, too cognitively deficient That's to be president. Okay. so It's just a different group of people. Yeah, it's a different group of people that would refuse to vote for him, but I think it's a smaller group of people. Okay. I think Pete's a pretty safe candidate to win. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, there's probably no one else that would have done better than Pete. You think? You think Pete? You think Pete's the best case scenario for the Democrats for beating Trump? Okay, mind you, I because because I still consider him like one of my least favorite candidates yeah. from that primary. I was. It's like yeah, he's but, like a mayor jumping to the presidency. But like I said before, it's like once you get past like the convention, like nothing else matters. It's like blue versus red. Mm-hmm. It's Trump versus Pete. It's Trump versus Biden. Like you just forget, like because like I mean, obviously. Like you, (laughs) 
whenever Biden was a candidate, people were talking about like Tara Reid and his sexual assault allegations. But mm-hmm. like you did not hear a peep of that right. during the primary or the general election. No, and that's that's strange. Like, why wouldn't Trump use that more? Like, there was a legitimate allegation against Biden mm-hmm. that there was kind of irrefutable evidence. That is to. very strange because even when Hillary was a candidate, he said like. He would hone Here in on, like, bills. Bill Clinton. Yeah, he was like, here's the women. He brought them to the debate. Why didn't he bring up Tara Reid? Is that just, like, straight-up misogyny? Or did he just forget? Like, No, I th- oh, I'm, mean- think- I'm thinking that might literally just be misogyny on it, Trump's part. In 2016? Like, or- he, he doesn't feel the need to bring up Biden's sexual assault allegations. Oh, because he doesn't when- think it's that... Hillary's uh, husband obviously bring that up nonstop. Yeah, like if it's the man, yeah, it's like, oh, you didn't stand by your husband or something. Like Trump, but... like Trump probably heard that story. Like, ah, eh, no big deal. That's happened to me plenty of times. Yeah, because there are way more allegations against Trump than there are against Biden. Yeah. So yeah, it's and it's not like like he... Biden could have just flipped that right on him. And he could have went d- into that territory before with Hillary. So it's not like that's yeah. something he strays away from. But the thing is, Biden could have easily like came back and had like thirty women who had very legitimate stories to tell. He could have, like... Mm-hmm. So, it, it was probably too risky of a move for Trump to do, knowing his own history. Mm-hmm. But... And if you're... Yeah. And the Democrats won the popular vote in, like, 2018, and that was a shift of suburban women. Like, I mean, not, like, the Trump suburban women, mm-hmm. but, like, actual, like, in suburban counties, like, women, like, ran up the numbers for the Democrats. And I think suburban women are, like, fine with probably voting for, like, a gay person. It's not, like... Mm-hmm. It's not like Biden made numbers in rural America, like Bible Belt. How do you think, I guess we kind of touched on like the campaigns, but of course, how do you think the debate Mm. between, how does Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace, what do you got for Trump and Pete? I'm just going to talk about Pete's lack of experience and then uh, see how that's different from Trump and Trump's handling of the pandemic. And I I think, but, (laughs) uh, so uh, Mayor Pete. Uh, you are the first person to ever try to jump from the mayor's office to the White House. Why do you think that you're well-equipped in this moment compared to Trump, who has, who has had executive office for four years? Well, uh, Chris, you see, the experience that I have is on the front lines. Everyone here in America, I'm in your communities. I'm, I'm raking your leaves. I'm, I'm kissing your babies. Trump is in the, in the ivory tower. He, he, he doesn't get it anymore. He's denied the the realism of a pandemic. Let, let let's not mince words here. He has denied uh, the re- Pete. I'm speaking, please. He has denied the reality of the pandemic. Uh, you're speaking. You're speaking. Million- denied under. Excuse me, sir. This is a presidential forum. There are children watching. You at home. <laughs> he would have Biden as his advisor. <laughs> I want you to talk to the camera. To show him yourself. Uh- I'll let you know, Chris. Chris, I had plenty of experience over the last four years, and frankly, frankly, my whole life. You can you can see me on Oprah. Oprah, I was ta- I was talking about her horrible trade deals, our horrible trade deals. That I that I personally myself, I think I've done a pretty good job working with China, working with China. But China has not worked with us. They has they have brought us a uh, a horrible pandemic. And Pete can say that I'm obfuscating from the blame, but quite frankly, I am not the one to blame. Sir, how dare you? This is going to be his, like, he planned this, like, in it, like laying in bed, like, not, like, spooning Chaston. Like, he's like, hey, Pete, can you, do you want to like? And he's like, no, I'm thinking of the, my really cool debate line. How dare you, sir? How dare you? There are millions 
of Chinese Americans living in this country, and how dare you dismiss them out of hand? Shame on you. Shame on you, Mr. Trump. And then, like, that's his, like, big moment, he thinks. And then Trump is just, like, is talking over him the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, frankly, I work with China. I work with China Sh- a lot. They don't shame work on with you, what Mr. Trump. What can I say? Shame I work with them. On- you see I work this with them America. on a daily basis. I make America. deals. I make this deals. Is- I make deals daily. You out of Every day of my life, Will I make deals. I do nothing but up, make deals. Man. And I make deals with China, and they don't want to cooperate with me. If you don't want to cooperate with me, what can I do? What can I do? It's just as bad. Like it's <laughs> it, just. W- it would end up be. Uh, would it be as funny as the Biden debate though? No, no. Because I think Pete would like be a little more cogent. Biden had his own like little like Trump esque persona where it was like his person. He had a personality that clashed with Trump. Trump was like Trump was your loud, obnoxious uncle. Biden was like your like funny uncle yeah he was just like come on look at this guy look at this clown he called him a clown like yeah he called him a clown twice he would just be like he would just like play it straight and be like let's show let's show the level-headedness compared to yeah compared to donald biden was just like let's just make this look like a thanksgiving dinner argument (laughs) you know where i obviously come out looking better yeah uh so the administration uh much worse than Biden. Oh, definitely. Uh, because while while Buttigieg did form a lot of connections during his time campaigning, I think they were connections that he made. I don't want to say out of malicious intent, but it could be malicious intent or it could be naivety on his part. Because I'm not going to say it was uh, malicious intent, <laughs> but look at the. I'm just saying things. Look at look at who he's talking to. <laughs> are you are you comparing my opinion? Of Pete Buttigieg to that of no, Trump's. It, it's it's. I think it's stochastic uh, lobbying is what you're doing. <laughs> stochastic defamation is what you're doing. But uh, but yeah, he doesn't get out of Afghanistan. No, I, I think Biden is just in general more experienced and is able to make better negotiations. Yeah, and he can like because he's like this old white guy. He can get away with being a little more progressive without scaring yeah. people, and and he can he can like go into a Republican's office. Hey Jack, uh, there's a oh Joe, infra- hey what's up? You want, you want some infrastructure in your state? I I, I do, a, but I can't give you that political win, sir. Some water slides or something? What? Just vote for the bill. Listen, there's this other bill that my colleagues are uh, presenting. It's not gonna go through. But we're going to pretend it's going to go through for the PR. And, uh, what I wanted to say is, uh, you vote for this bill, you end up looking good, and then you don't have to worry about the progressive hippie movement. The hippies. The hip- In my I, opinion, they're hippies. I, I'm not going to say that on television, but... I hate the hippies. It's not going to work out, and you end up voting for a pretty damn good bill. And the Democrats end up losing, so it's a win-win. Thank you, Joe. I will vote for the bill. Imagine <laughs> Pete walking up to like Mitch McConnell or like who's like an old Republican, like walking up to whatever like ex- Mike Kelly, representative <laughs> of Butler County. Please vote him out. <laughs> yeah, imagine Pete, like this thirty-two-year-old man. Or I guess he's thirty-seven, thirty-eight. He yeah. can't be president, but um, 
got walking up to like this senator who's been in there since like Nixon's been president, and he's like, "I want you to vote for this bill." They'd just like laugh him out yeah. of the room. They'd be like, "Listen, kid, you haven't been in this town as long as I have." It, yeah, I so, think like what would mm. they get done? Like, I mean, may, I think Pete maybe even might emphasize bipartisanship, and because he's so moderate, he might actually get some stuff done or at least try to. But it would just be like random stuff. Like, I'm sure that maybe he'd try infrastructure. Right. I don't think there would be, like, this big push for, like, universal pre-K and stuff like that. You know what I'd compare it to? And we'll leave off of this because I got to go. Yeah. Uh, the Obama presidency. I think it would look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Because I think the inexperience for Pete especially would lead him to have very little say in foreign policy, I think. I think the generals would be mostly taking command. And... By circumstance, not much change, meaning still a lot of people dead by our behalf yeah. as a nation. He's like Obama in that, like, yeah, he doesn't have, like, the chops to, like, negotiate. And also, he's not as popular as Obama as a figure. So he just wouldn't be very popular <laughs> because he's not like, oh, Obama. Like, you take those people away, and he's at, like, oh, Biden's approval rating right now. Right. So Pete Buttigieg, he would win very well. But I don't think he would – I mean, obviously, he wouldn't do as much good as president as yeah. Biden's at least attempting to. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave it off with that. Yes, our little review of Mayor Pete on Amazon Prime. Be sure to check it out. And our alternate scenario of Pete Buttigieg as president. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this the scenario where he rocked or shocked America? I think he rocked America. Okay, so we'll have to do a follow-up eventually then. If, if he shocked America. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, thank you for rocking out with us uh, at with Political B-Sides, filmed at Point Park Center for Media Innovation. I'm Nick Konopka. You can find me at Konopka25 on all social media. And I'm Carlo Andreasi. You can find me at the actual Carlo on all social media. Have the highest of hopes, people. <laughs>